Hello and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at all the sport that's happening across the north of Scotland. My name is Andrew Henderson and along with sports editor Will Clark, we're going to be taking you through all the stuff that's been going on this week. It's been quite a busy one. We've had all leagues below the Premiership and Championship be forced to stop in football. And even just in the last half an hour or so as we're recording this, Inverness Caledonian Thistles match against Wraith Rovers this weekend might have been called off. Um, well, first of all, since I've already mentioned you, how are you doing? And are you excited to do this podcast? <laughs> oh, what a weekend away. What a week to kick it off. First of all, most of the football's cancelled apart from the Premiership and Championship. And then Wraith Rovers games postponed. Maybe the Championship should have been cancelled. Yeah, well... Um, well We'll get on to that in just a minute. But before we do, we've also got Johnny Clark joining us from just along the road in the Algon office. Johnny, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks for inviting me on. Looking forward to it. As Will says there, we've picked some week to kick off, I think, with uh, all football cancelled. So, uh, yep, it can only go up from here. Well, let's just get straight into it then. Simple question. Either of you can answer it. Was it the right decision? Yes, it was. Um to be honest, I think public health is paramount um, and I'm quite surprised it, the Premiership and the Championship are still going. Um, you look at what happened today uh, with the outbreak at Wraith Rovers. Um, it, you, you look earlier this week with what happened with Celtic. They went to Dubai and all of a sudden 13 players were forced to self-isolate uh, with Christoph and being diagnosed. Is that the right word? Diagnosed as COVID positive? We'll go with it. Uh, um, We're not medical officials. No, no, I'm not. I'm, there's a lot of things I'm not qualified yet. Um, <laughs> to be honest, they're saying that they're hoping it'll be back in three weeks' time. But Nicola Sturgeon has basically said she'll be really surprised if the restrictions are lifted by then. And I really fear for some competitions as a result. Um, I can't see the Highland League coming back this season, though, to be honest. I was going to ask that. How realistic of a fear do we think that is for the Highland League? Is, is that going to be it? They're only a couple of games into the season in the first place. I think the November the 28th start put them at a disadvantage. I wrote previously, COVID wasn't the biggest danger to the Highland League. The winter was. We've all covered Highland League. How many games have we seen postponed in December, in January, in February? With an October 17th start, it had a chance. I think enough games could have been played if the season started then. But with November 28th, well, Strasbourg Fissel, they haven't even played a league game yet. Black and Curran have only played one game. Fort William have only played one game. And that was a result of them moving their home match to Broder and then getting a doing in the process. I've been so positive about how the Highland League has handled the COVID situation. You remember the first um, outbreak back in March. The league was suspended uh, Friday the 13th. Eight days later, 21st of March, the, the Highland League basically said, let's give Brewer a range of the title. Um, they set the standard which the SPFL should have followed. And to be fair, I kind of agreed with them delaying this season for six weeks uh, on October 17th. It was a huge financial burden on them to play games. But winter was always going to be the big problem. Never COVID to the football season. Um, and they've got to finish the season before the playoffs. So can you crown league champions after three games? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Black chairman Alex Chisholm said that null and void was an option. I think it could be the front runner to be the only option, to be honest. Will's kind of touched on it there, but Johnny, 
with games being so few far between, it makes it a lot easier if they are going to just call the season now, doesn't it? Like it, it wouldn't be so controversial and then if they were three quarters of the way through like we were last season. Yeah, I think the Highland League, I, I totally agree with well. I've been on the Highland League side. I think they've done um, nearly everything right at every step of the way. They've also been given probably two generous hands of cards because the first time round it was an obvious call to, to give Broda the lead that they were inevitably going to win in any case. And this time round, I think, as Will says there, null and void. I don't think any clubs will complain massively. Obviously, there's still the hope, and I think all three of us probably hope that the league can go ahead. Um, as football fans, people want to see football played. But aye, if common sense is going to prevail, I think it's it's looking pretty unlikely at the moment. The time you get the game started again... I mean, it's a three-week delay. Let's be realistic and say it's going to be more like the end of February, start of March, absolute earliest. Um, and even that's probably pushing it. It looks unlikely it will finish it. But uh, as I say, the hope's there. But at the moment, if you put Forest Mechanics, who are the only team to pull out of the season, into the table, they would be 11th out of 17. Because, you know, if Strathspey haven't played, and then you've got five teams who are yet to register a point. So... It's not exactly a difficult call for them to make if they do want to null and void it. Um, just wonder about the timing of that call as well, because I know I think they were planned to meet on Monday this week before the leagues were actually called below the championship. I was just kind of wondering if they would have met anyway and, and called a null and void. But um, it's a difficult one um, in terms of whether they actually, or when they call it. But uh, I don't think anybody's going to complain club-wise if... if um, if it is null and voided. You mentioned Forrest there. We were talking about them a wee bit before we started recording. With the benefit of hindsight, have they made the best decision out of anybody by just not playing the season at all? I, to- I totally think they have. I mean, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say when, when Mechanics pulled out, I, as obviously a Mechanics fan myself, I was, I was disappointed. I did think it was the wrong decision because I thought financially it would probably set them back a fair bit. Um, and I think like most people... Um, I didn't really see the the winter and the, the massive surge of, of COVID cases, you know, hitting the country this badly. But now, yeah, they've totally been vindicated and they've they've made the, the correct decision and most clubs can see that now. Um, a lot of people had said at the start as well that they thought other clubs would pull out and it was a, maybe a surprise that nobody else did. But I think everybody was desperate to get back playing and that's been shown as well with the amount of Cairns boys that have obviously gone out on loan elsewhere and or unofficially on loan, basically. But no, I do think they've made the right call and it was probably the sensible one at the time and it's definitely looking that way now. So do you think the impact on clubs, You know, I suppose we don't really know what it's going to be over the next little while. What has the impact been already so far on Forest? Have they kind of been, financially speaking, quite well off because they haven't been playing matches, they haven't been doing much? This is the thing, it's really difficult to tell, the financial impact, because obviously with there not being any gate receipts, you got to remember as well, when Mechanics decided to pull out the league, Murray was in Tier 1. It had just been announced that Murray was in Tier 1, and therefore Mechanics were going to be allowed 300 fans in. So a lot of people said to me, maybe they're pulling out Kent with no fans, and they won't have to travel, etc. They will save money. I don't think money, surprisingly probably with football, I don't think money was a big factor in Mechanics' decision. As I say, because they were allowed 300 fans in and still in any case, I mean, what would that be? Three grand per home game 
which I obviously, as we look at it now, you'd probably be looking at one home game or two home games max having been played, and they turned that down. So I really do think the club was thinking about the you know health and safety first and foremost. Whether it has impacted them financially, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, th- I guess with not with no travel expenses, etc., maybe they will have saved a bit of cash there compared to the teams that have played this season. But uh, every club's in the same boat at this level. They're all going to be struggling big style with the no hospitality, no um, gate money, and obviously advertising as well. Well, you were based up in Wick for years, and obviously now based in Inverness, we've got Clach and Nairn. What do you think that the impact of this is going to be for clubs? We haven't really talked about worrying about clubs at any point over the last few months, but is that still the case, do you think? I don't like football. Um, for anyone that's covered it, knows how important it is to communities across the Highlands and across Murray and across Aberdeenshire. Financially, it's, of course, it's going to have an impact on those teams. But the thing is, you look at Wick Academy from an example, they were all for the season being suspended because of the great distances they have to travel. But it's also like the shower facilities, clubs in Caithness, um, not just in the Highland League, in the North Caledonian League as well, you know, having to clean themselves before they're allowed on buses as well. So there's, there's this major health aspect that has to come first before anything else. You know, looking at Forest Mechanics back in, what was it, August, September, they, they made the decision not to play this season. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Must have been late October. Late October. Late October. I think it was. Uh... I don't think anybody was right or wrong to decide this. Um, but I do remember people were saying Forest Mechanics were maybe overreacting a bit. Yeah. Because they would have been allowed three hundred fans into a Mottet Park, but we saw the second wave coming. Some scientists did to be there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, there is going to be a big financial burden as a result of the season. Regardless if it was tier one or whatever we're in now, clubs are going to feel this. Hopefully, they'll be able to survive for next season. You're talking about travel, and we're focusing all this on the Highland League for now, but I suppose stuff like the travel and the gates are probably even more relevant when it comes to Elgin, Johnny. We're kind of overlooking that League Two has also been cancelled during all this, but it must just be gotten for them as one of the few SPFL teams that were allowed to have fans in the ground. Yeah, well, the situation is a little bit more complex with Elgin. Obviously, last season they were given a real sort of hammer in from when the league was cancelled because they were looking good for the playoffs absolute minimum. And it's not often that obviously Elgin end up in that situation. So it was a real sickener for them. Um, Graham Tatters has come out today, the Elgin chairman, and said that it was the right decision to knock the league on the head for the time being. But again, you know, Elgin are second in League Two and they're having a, a really good season. As you said there with the travelling, Elgin have got, in fairness to them, they do have more Murray-based players than at any other point in the last sort of decade, as far as I'm aware. Um, but they've got a lot of boys travelling from Glasgow, and then you've got to consider, you know, they're playing in the same league as Stranraer and Annan, you know, who are basically near near the English border. Um, so it's a fair amount of travelling for them to do. And as Will mentioned, obviously, he's already mentioned there, the health implications of having no showers, etc., so no, I totally understand why League Two has been cancelled. Maybe it's tougher for Elgin because they must be nine games into the league and they've played obviously a few cup matches too, Elgin, and they've had, I think, 220 fans they managed to get in the Borough Briggs for a few games. Perhaps that would have helped them slightly financially, though I think they still would have been losing cash even with the, the fans in. But um, it'll be slightly tougher for them to take. Then again, I also think there is more chance that League Two will continue than the Highland League. 
um, I think there's probably more chance that will come back. And then obviously you've got the Scottish Cup too, which um, our uh, Highland League teams have been doing fantastically well in. So that's a big blow too. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot to think about, but I think, well, I won't speak for you two, but I think for myself, it's definitely the right decision, common sense, to have untested boys travelling around the country. Can You can't go down the street and see your granny. It doesn't really make any sense. So I think it's the right decision, but there's so many implications to it. So we just hope that we can get back to some sort of, don't want to say normality, but just get football back on the road in, in due course. Sports Hearts manager Robbie Nielsen said today that uh, clubs were given grants to help to try and tackle this and keep the season going. I think mm-hmm. League Two teams got, was it 100,000 they got? Um, right. League One teams, 150 grand and championship clubs, 500,000 pounds. Is that something that you guys agree with? Well, I was on with uh, the Cali Thistle manager, John Robertson, earlier on today, and he kind of made the point that was more for operational costs because so many clubs have already lost so much money mm-hmm. with paying wages and putting on matches, paying for facilities and all that, that this 500 grand grant for the championship was never meant to go towards testing. And I think that's a totally fair point because they, they won't have budgeted for this. And to be told with, you know, essentially 24 hours notice by the time they would actually have had to get the test done for so that they could get it back for this weekend. Now that's a huge upheaval for them that they, they weren't expecting was already a tough year. I, I don't know, Johnny, if that would be as relevant to Elgin, but the money gone to them still have been covering the losses that they've already had this season, or would it have been more towards keeping it going, do you think? Um, oh, I think it would probably be a pretty similar situation. Um the money that Elgin got is the same and when the season got cancelled. It was only just covering their losses, basically. We've done a lot of stories with, with Graham Tatters and he's, he can be very optimistic or very pessimistic, but financially he's not jumping over the moon with what's going on just now, it's fair to say. And even when they, came, when they got fans back in, as I said, they were still making losses. So um, as far as I'm aware, the Elgin players are back on furlough as well at the moment. So that'll probably be helping them. But when's that end? End of March, is it? I think so, yeah. I think it's end of March, but I could be wrong. There's a reason we're sports reporters. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, ah, yeah, so I think I think financially, every club at that level struggling. Obviously, Elgin wouldn't have had the same testing costs as Inverness and County, but it's still very expensive. You'll, you'll know yourselves from going to games, the amount of things that you have to do with tick boxes, etc., with the temperature testing and, and such like. It's, it's not a cheap operation, but clubs are doing it and people at the clubs are doing it because they love football and they want to get the game back on. But uh, as I say, common sense has just got to come to the fore just now. Yeah, I'm not sure anybody other than the Hearts manager would have said what Robbie Nielsen said. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I think League One, League Two will finish because a number of those crowds that they do have artificial services. But yeah, the Highland League, I generally have real fears for them. won't be able to finish before whether they drag this season into next season I don't know and next season we might be all jabbed and fine but uh, I think null and void for the Highland League again we're talking about the lower leagues we're talking about Highland League but there's the North Cali League as well which we haven't really brought up there I think most of the teams are about three quarters of the way through their season they should be able to finish. <laughs> I mean, there's some teams yeah, that only got three games left there. They, they should be able to see this out at some point. Yeah, they managed to start in October the 17th, but, you know, it should be remembered. Boonley Thistle, they pulled out for the same reasons as Forest Mechanics did. 
Arsenal were actually dragged kicking and screaming into the North Caledonia League season. Um, they weren't happy about playing at all. They had them feeling as Boonley and Forest Mechanics did. Also, you know, apart from Firth, a lot of clubs in the North Caledonia League also had concerns about health. Um, you just have to look at the number of teams that refused to go to Orkney. Um, just to take an early ferry and then hung about for so long waiting for the ferry back. But like I said, the fact that they managed to start on October the 17th has done them well because they've managed to get most of their season done. Well, that's of a financial aspect for them, I guess, because they don't charge people to get into their games. Mm. But um, most teams have three games left. Inverness Athletic only actually have one league game left. So it, it's all about timing this season. Absolutely. I, I just want to share this little clip that we got earlier on today, yesterday, as anybody would be listening to this, from Inverness Caledonian Thistle manager John Robertson. Just see what you guys think of this. What reason is there not to stop the championship for three weeks as well if you're stopping the other two untested leagues? Other than they wanted to protect the TV rights. And that's what they've said if you if you look at the reading of it. And I said to you, I was happy with the statement until that line to protect the commercial and media uh, contracts in place. So in other words, we're carrying on because we're on TV, because Championship have Friday night games. And as I say, you know, it's not as if it's, it's not worth a fortune to the clubs. It's, it's worth around about £5,000 per club per season in the Championship. And yet because of this, we are, we've been told to carry on. Um, my football head, my football mind, I'm delighted for, for my players that we're carrying on. But from a humane aspect, as, as a as, as a manager who desperate to keep all these players and their families and their children and relatives, as well as my own family, safe, it, it doesn't sit easy at all. If they're stopping all the lower leagues, everything from, say, juniors upwards to the higher league, the lower league, and the reasoning behind it is they don't want players travelling all over the country uh, with, with a very, very quick spreading and easier spreading virus, then why are we not stopping everybody? I understand why we're carrying on, I understand for I said before, understand for the, for the public's well-being, the impact that football has. As I said, it just doesn't sit easy for me that we're, we've been asked to carry on when other leagues are saying stop. You either stop everybody and keep the premiership going or you don't stop anybody at all. Well, you kind of alluded to that earlier, didn't you, that it, it could be all of the leagues stopped rather than just the top two keeping on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, John spoke about um, the, the, the whole television aspect, didn't he? Um, that, that was a consideration in to letting the Premiership and the Championship go on. I think uh, John was willing to go along with the season being continuing, um, but I think um, he was kind of miffed, wasn't he? Is that the better word to say? Um, confused, maybe. I think he was perplexed at one point um, as to, to why they were allowed to go on, and he really did just put it all entirely down to the TV deal. It sounds like that the thing he's most angry about, it's maybe insinuated profit before people. He used the word guinea pigs as well, didn't he? Yeah. Using footballers as second-class citizens. And I think his argument will be um, not even stronger now that Rafe Rovers have a COVID outbreak. And if the game's postponed, what's that going to mean for all our games now? It wasn't in that clip, but he also made the point that a lot of clubs in the Championship, because they haven't been testing, will have asymptomatic cases that have never been picked up and now that they're testing what effect is that going to have is it actually going to be possible for the championship to keep going well it's full-time clubs um, i think that's what the sfa are hoping um and they've been given five hundred thousand pounds each to 
you know, well, we spoke about this earlier, the £500,000 wasn't meant for testing, but as Robbie Nielsen said, it was meant to help the season go on. SFA might argue that as well. You've got this grant money, use it to make sure the season can go forward. What happens then with the part-time teams in the Championship? Because obviously you've got Alawa and Arboros in the Championship who are both part-time, so oh, boys that are teachers, etc., that could easily pick COVID up anywhere. I mean, that's a fair point as well. All of our proof, they're still playing in the championship, but they are part-time teams. They, they can't be kept in bubbles, you know? They right, have to go right. to their workplaces, and if they're not working from home, they do present a danger. They could, you know, and they could spread it to other players. But I think Robertson's right to be myth that SFA made the decision to carry on the premiership and the championship whilst considering television deals. Because they play on TV on a Friday night, they've got to continue playing football. Is that right? Robertson obviously doesn't. I personally would agree with him, but just to play devil's advocate a bit, would it do more damage to those clubs, especially in the Premiership, to have to pay back that money if they didn't fulfil those contracts? Yeah, I don't think there's any, anything which states that if you decision doesn't go ahead, you've got to give the money back. But I think, you know, as, as Robbie, I keep going back to Robbie Nielsen, he's saying use the money to make sure players are tested. It's, it's, it's such a difficult one, Andrew. That's part of the issue here. There is no easy answer. If, if there was no. an obvious solution, we'd all be saying this is what they should do and they would probably have done it. <laughs> we may have to leave that one and come back to it another time. Let's talk a little bit then about Cali Thistle because as we said right at the start of this, we don't even know at the time of recording whether their match against Wraith is going to go ahead this weekend. It was supposed to be them going up against Kai Kennedy, which would have been a very interesting battle. Well, you saw a bit more of Cali Thistle earlier on this season than I did. He had such a big impact in Inverness, didn't he? Oh, the wee man was an engine. Um, what a difference he made in the midfield. You know, how old was he? 18? 18? Yeah. I mean, he just had this ability to orchestrate the midfield and, you know, as well as drive forward. He's going to be such a loss in Inverness um, going into the season. Um, Rafe Rovers were already an exciting enough team to watch. Thinking of a former ex Ross County player, Daniel Armstrong. I saw him during the League Cup match. What a fantastic performance he put in against Inverness. Question is, can Kai Kennedy be replaced? And is it enough to be a transfer or a loan? Can't see Cali Fissel making any big transfer signings. Um, if, if it is, it's definitely going to be a loan from a Premiership club. But Kai Kennedy is going to be very hard to replace. It sounds like you're just writing off Aaron Doran straight away. <laughs> No, I don't know. Don't get that wrong. I mean, he is one of the few players in Inverness that can win a game on his own. He's 29, 30 now. Even though he can win a game on his own, should he have to do it on his own? He's going to need a bit of backup. James Keaton is another one, um, but it's all about uh, keeping players fit, I guess. That's not been easy for Inverness. Again, it's one of those effects of the pandemic, isn't it? We, there wasn't a, a pre-season like you would normally have. And I think Inverness, more than a lot of other clubs in the Championship, have suffered from that and, and had a lot of injuries along the way, especially right back at the start. And that they had to put a whole team out at one point, didn't they? But it certainly it made a difference. You saw it looking at their squads. When all those guys came back, suddenly they looked twice as strong. It was unreal. I was speaking to Sean Welsh earlier this week, and uh, he pretty much maintained that Cali Fizzle have one of the best squads in the championship. And defensively, they look good. Um, Robbie Dees, if you notice him, he's improving with every game. Um, he's actually forming a really good part with Danny Devine. And then you'll get the youngsters as well. Um, Cameron Harper, 
Uh, I remember watching him play for the first time against Hearts in the League Cup. And I think he was taught a bit of a lesson against Benilli. But ever since then, he's seemed to like take on things game by game by game. And he's just grown into a stronger fullback. Roddy McGregor, really pleased to see how well he's doing at the moment. Daniel Mackay, I'd like to see him get more of a chance as well up front. Um, he's kind of been resigned to the bench at the moment um, in favour of you know, likes of Miles Story and, and Todd Roth. Even though Cali Fitzel are in seventh place, they're not that far away from the playoff zone. People are saying Hearts are going to win the league. You know what? Dundee's changed my mind about that. I don't think it's going to be the one-horse race. I slagged Dundee off mercifully last season for all the resources they had. Yet, very average team to watch. Definitely improved this season. Let's see Charlie Adams doing so well. And Fernland Athletic, you know, they, they, was it quarter million they got for Kevin Nisbet? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and I think they've used it wisely. But um, I think those teams will finish top three, but there's nothing to suggest Cali Fittle won't be in the playoff mix either. I can see them definitely getting in there. Might be fourth rather than second, but I can see them challenging. So like you said, they're seventh. They're at the minute three points behind fourth, but they do have games in hand over most of the teams above them. The only one they don't have a game in hand on is ironically Wraith who they were supposed to face this Saturday we're kind of expecting as we record this the match on Saturday not to go ahead because of the Covid cases I don't want to focus too much on the match so I'll ask you this Will will Cali Thistle get promoted this season you said they might sneak into the playoffs if they get there can they go up oh they were better equipped last season they've lost a lot of good good players um Paul Walsh the biggest loss he went to Air United uh, I know Sean Rooney was the player of the year, um, but what was the engine? I think we saw it last season and the season before that, actually, um, especially when Califas were down in the luck, he was the one who could drag them forward. I thought, you know, maybe like, like the guy Kennedy could have done that this season for them, but you know, he's gone now, so who can fill that space to do that? I think promotion-wise, it might be a season too early now because this season's probably a rebuilding job. I can certainly see them getting into the playoffs. But going to be fourth rather than second, I reckon. What about yourself? Well, you talked about replacing Kai Kennedy there, but you mentioned Daniel Mackay earlier on, and I I just wonder if this weekend was supposed to be his chance to replace Kai Kennedy, because Doran isn't fully fit yet. He's only back in training today as we record this yesterday, as people will be listening to this, after two weeks out of the concussion. So even if he was going to play, he wouldn't have been playing the full 90 minutes. It could have just been Mackay's chance to shine. And from everything I heard, reports, everything I saw back at the start of the season, he did well. He didn't drop out of the team through any fault of his own. It was just other guys came back. I really like the look of Cali Thistle squad this year. I think they've got a really good balance of youth and experience. We've also talked about Doran there. You mentioned Keatings earlier on as well. But Miles Story, I think, is looking sharper this year than he was last year. It's just whether there's enough compared to the other teams last year it was Dundee United and and that was kind of it nobody else looked massively threatening throughout the whole season to go up this year like you say Dunfermline looked good Wraith looked good there's more competition there so it's just whether they get crowded out I think they can I think they can beat anybody in the league on their day I'm not sure they will (laughs) that's an important distinction to make I like the signings Roberts has made. Roberts has always made good signings and his success with his signings has resulted in maybe the signings he's made this season. Maybe players looking at, oh, Jamie McCart played at Cali Fissel, John Rooney, you know, Liam Fuller. 
give you these players that are saying it, but try and get Ali Fissel promoted. But if we can't put them ourselves in the shop window, Scott Allardyce, he's been fantastic as well for me. Um, don't know what that means for Davy Carson later on, but great goals, you know, 30, 35 yards at times, you know, but there's also a real physicality in the centre midfield. Yeah, the thing is, looking at the Cali Thistle squad, I don't see a weak link. You know, there isn't an obvious position where I think they need to improve there if they want to go up. Hmm. But I think every club in the Championship is like that this season, or certainly there are more, if not every club. So that's more the question for me. They need to start winning those big games against a Hearts, against a Dunfermline. And they've been all right at that in years gone by, but if they'd managed to turn some of those draws against Ross County a couple of seasons ago into wins, they could have been right up there with them. That's been what's plagued them. I think it's fair to say this season was always going to be a rebuilding job and uh, maybe to achieve promotion, that's going to take two seasons. And like I said, last season, I thought Cali Fussell were in a really good place to um, achieve top playoff position. And then whoever they faced as the 11th Premier League team, I think could have beat them. Um, I just don't see that this season. Next season, you never know. I suppose the question is, if Cali Thistle do make it into the playoffs and they do get to the final, will it be Ross County that they're against? I hope so. You look at the season in general, um, before John Hughes came, was it was in 10 games? So at the start of the season, you looked at Ross County and uh, you thought, OK, they're not doing well, but Eilers Hamilton, Eilers St Mirren, Eilers yeah. Livingston. How many games in a row have Livingston won now? Simmering are doing okay as well. The only other team I can really see finishing bottom is Hamilton Academical. So I think it's going to be a real scrap between those two teams this season. The thing that Hamilton always had on their side is they could score goals. Hopefully that changes. But you look at the transfer the transfer window. How many midfielders? Well, it's two Lord. already, but they're looking at another two this week. Yes. I think they're, they're hoping to bring in today. Yeah, two, two they've signed already. Two they're hoping to bring in. And they've got Jason Naismith at the back. And the problem for me is, with Ross County, he wasn't midfield. I thought the midfield was okay. You know, I think Harry Payton's performances have gone right under the radar. The problem for me was scoring goals. And I actually think a new striker was more important than um, sharpening up the defence. Well, to say Ross Stewart, you know, he, he probably saved Ross County last season because um, he was the player of the year by a mile. But um, it's not happening for him this season. It's not happening for Billy Mackay this season. Probably not happening for Ollie Shaw, Jermaine Hilton. You look at the signings that Ross County have made. Tony Andrew, did he play up front? He did. I know he did with Afes and St Mirren. He had a one-in-three goal ratio during his time at Hamilton. I, I think that was as an attack in mid, but they might throw him up front. Yeah. As you say, they're struggling to come by goals from anybody else, so they might try and throw a curveball like that. You know, obviously didn't work out at Norwich or any other clubs he's been at. But I do think we just need a anchor. We talked about it a wee bit there. What's happened to Ross Stewart this season? I mean, a lot was made, I think, in the first few weeks of the campaign about him doing so much defensive work and playing out wide. But he was doing that last season as well. And he still got into double figures for goals. That's the thing. If you don't find the net the first time and then the second time and the third time, your confidence will go low. And maybe it is just a lack of confidence. He proved last season he's got it in him. Because um, like I said, I think he saved Ross County from going down. But you look, compare his performances last season to this season, and he's just not the player, is he? No, it, it's really strange because all the noise is coming from the player himself and everything Stuart Cowell said and everything John Hughes has said since he came in is that he's still focused. You know, he hasn't had his head turned by speculation or anything like that. 
it's difficult to explain it. I mean, I think quite a few of his goals last year from memory, so I, I might be slightly wrong with this, came from crosses and him coming in at the back post. Is it that they don't have the same sort of delivery this season? Josh Mullins obviously left and he's doing really well at Livingston. I wouldn't say that exactly. I think their midfield's been okay. Um, like I said, Harry Payton, he's been their best. I think he's been their best player this season. I think his performances have gone under the radar because of Ross Kicky's results. Rangers has done all right as well. Uh, Michael Gardine, when he's playing on the wing, you know, he charges into the box, you know, trying to find other players. Even Charles Cook, he's really pressed me on the right wing. He can cause a danger. But the thing about Ross County is they can get up the field and then they get to the edge of the box. Yeah. And then there's a brain freeze. It's like there's a lack of conviction behind their shooting or just they're not looking where the net is. That's the one thing I've noticed about them this season, which Ross Stewart didn't do last season. He managed to find the net. Billy Mackay, I suppose, to, before the lockdown, um, he actually was quite prolific in front of gold. But yeah, there just seems to be a lack of conviction among the forwards at Ross County. And that's why I think they just agree with to come in. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who they can get. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Kind of similarly to Inverness, I look at the Ross County squads and I think there's a lot of ability there. They just need it to click, but it hasn't clicked at any point this season. First few weeks, I was putting it down to just, well, there's a lot of new faces, they're bedding in, but something clearly wasn't right there because, like you said, they get to the edge of the box and then nothing. And there's some really nice play in the middle of the park. I, I totally agree with you on Harry Payne. I think Stephen Kelly has been really impressive as well since he came into the starting lineup. But guys in the middle of the park can't do all of that work going forward. No, no, they need to finish it all. And uh, I was John Hughes. I to get someone up front and already likes a midfielder, John Hughes, doesn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was going just about to come on to that. How strange is Ross County's transfer business so far this month? Considering we've just been praising Harry Payton and Stephen Kelly to go out and target four midfielders. Yeah. Maybe he's looking for tall footballers. I don't know. Maybe he's bringing in those centre players and thinking, can you play defensively? Can you play up front as well? If I was a manager, I don't know. You know, I'd be looking for a striker and then defender. Um, but, you know, midfielder, I thought they were well catered for. So Ross County, hopefully, as far as we know, do have a match this weekend. Uh, they're at home against Aberdeen, who themselves have been a little bit hit and miss this season. I think when they were actually up in Dingwall last time, it was probably their most impressive performance from what I've seen of them. But they haven't really clicked in all gears and County have shown that they're capable of beating those sorts of teams because they beat Hibs at Easter Road. Can they beat Aberdeen? Well, if they could beat Hibs, they can certainly beat Aberdeen. I think the Dons have done all right, but they, you know, they are prone to a silly result. Um, I'm not saying it would be silly if Ross County beat Aberdeen. You know, I, I'd be surprised if County beat Aberdeen. I think it's Aberdeen and then Rangers next week. I think uh, if they're looking for results to save their season, I think they might have to look be one of those teams. Yeah, it's a tough run coming up for them, and it's certainly not going to help matters if they end up cut adrift at the bottom. I, I remember briefly when they moved off the bottom, moved up to 11th two weeks ago, I think it was, a lot of the questions in the press conferences were, how much of a lift is this going to give you? Suddenly, if they're right back down at the bottom and four or five points off other teams that's going to have the total opposite effect and I suppose man management is part of the reason John Hughes got brought in I just hope there's premiership football in the Highlands next season 
if I was to ask you right now whether Oscar you'll stay up? Um, they, they could stay up. They could stay up. But I think it's only overtaking Hamilton Academical. I think they might need a playoff to stay up. Fair enough. Uh, I, I think, to be honest with you, we've talked for more than long enough about football because this isn't just meant to be a football podcast. I know there's a huge amount else going on at the minute, but there was a bit of news in Shinty in the last couple of days. All clubs that were part of the 2019 season have signed up for 2021. So we're talking a lot of doom and gloom about things being cancelled, but there's some bright sparks going on in Shinty. Yeah, I remember speaking to King Watts Hill manager, Johnston Gill, and uh, he had real fears that a number of clubs might go to the wall as a result of the pandemic. Thankfully, that's not the case. Because I, you know, if you're not a Shinty fan, uh, which which I am, I am a Shinty fan. It's kind of similar to the Highland League and the North Caledonian League. That sport is so important to communities, not just not just as a sport, but as a social aspect as well. In Rosshire, you've got Caberfee and Strathfair Pepper, and you've got Kinlochshire up there in the northwest. And then at home, you've got Lovett, Kiltallarty, England, Ockett, and the Drogget, and uh, they play a massive part in community life. So I'm glad to see nobody's going to the wall. The question mark at the moment with them is when can they start? Because there's going to be a proposal, I think, at the end of this month going forward to the board about specific dates and formats and how the season is going to work. But as I say, it's it's just good to have some good news on the horizon for sport, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. Um, hopefully the league system can start. But if not, they were planning as a sort of regionalised competitions this season. Um, it would be great to see the Kavanaugh Cup back and Cavage Cup as well. Hopefully this vaccine comes sooner rather than later and get back to normal. Fingers crossed. And I think just maybe one last thing before we wrap this up. Will, you were on a conference call with American football player Jamie Gillen. It wasn't quite early enough for us to get anything in this week's newspapers, but he is playing in the NFL playoffs this Sunday. What was Jamie saying? Well, for anyone that's not an American football fan, uh, Jamie Gillen. Uh, Inverness Lad plays for the Cleveland Browns and uh, they reached the playoffs for the first time since I think it was. Yeah. And uh, well, they won their wild card game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they're off to Kansas City this weekend, who are the Super Bowl champions. It's a tough uh, one for them. It is. And he, he meets their huge underdogs, but he says, you know, they can't go into the game thinking like that. They're two games away from a Super Bowl and he's up for upsetting the odds. And I think we all wish him well, wouldn't Absolutely. Jamie played rugby as well for Highland Rugby Club while he was in Inverness. So I'm sure they have quite a lot of backing at Canal Park and at the Bucks for uh, Highland well, Wildcats. You, well, you say that, but in the press conference, controversially, he said his rugby hero was Johnny Wilkinson. So oh, I'm really? Not sure how, I'm not sure how that's going to go down at Highland. Last time I was on a call with him, he was talking about somebody like Finn Russell moving over to American football. He's wondering why more people hadn't followed in his footsteps. <laughs> Money, eh? Well, yeah, but maybe if his favourite player is Johnny Wilkinson and he's trying to get some of Scotland stars to move over to a different sport, he might not be the most popular right enough. <laughs> maybe he's going for the British support. You never know. But like you said, we'll, we wish Jamie all the best and we'll be keeping an eye out for his result on Sunday. Um, I, I think that pretty much wraps us up, guys. Would Anything else we want to say or talk about, bring up from this week's papers? Buy a copy, find it for yourself. <laughs> available at all good news agents well said for now that's all we, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this first episode of balls and whistles we're going to be back every friday really for the foreseeable future so make sure you listen to us 
on the Inverness Courier website, any of the other Highland News and Media websites, or just wherever you get your podcasts. But for the time being, thanks again to Johnny Clark. I'm Andrew Henderson, and we'll see you next week.